Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, here we are. We are entering the most eventful week in pro wrestling in a long, long time. Yes. As the Wednesday Night War is set to begin, and SmackDown is moving to broadcast television for the first time in many, many years, uh, re-debuting on Fox. You have a pay-per-view coming up. Hell in a Cell is on Sunday where The Fiend will take on Seth Rollins. Tons and tons and tons of stuff happening in the world of pro wrestling. Where do you want to begin this week? Well, let's start at the top. NWA Atlanta is Monday and Tuesday night. So that, I believe, I still am saying it over and over again, is a huge monumental twist and turn that is going to shape the way... Pro wrestling is going to be viewed as for media purposes. Being up in your face, very close, small studio, you get so much more of an impact 
And I think that it's going to make people do a double take. It's like, crap, man. I'm in a lighted studio doing a wrestling interview that, yeah, it's awesome to have a 20,000-seat venue, but at the same time, it's like, I'm kind of missing some points here. You know, I'm missing that fulfillment that a lot of the, the territory guys and a lot of the 80s guys, you had that. You had Hogan and Gene Okerlund in a studio doing uh, interviews. You had Savage doing interviews. You know, that 80s feel that is what is so synonymous with wrestling of in your face, very close, very knit. I think it's going to make people do a double take and go, wow, we've kind of been missing out. And so I'm so fucking pumped for Monday night to be able to go and be a part of the NWA Atlanta. It's going to be very interesting to see how it's presented from the Georgia Public Television Studios, which I'm not familiar with their studios or what they have available, uh, and to see how many episodes they tape. And the bigger question is, where are these going to air? When are they going to air? Because, as we all know, with this week coming up and in the months to follow, the wrestling landscape, there's going to be wrestling on pretty much every single night, depending on what channel you want to watch and what brand you want to watch. Where is the NWA going to fit into all of this this puzzle? Because there's not a lot of space, really, to get into primetime television. Are they going to be on, online? Or are they going? What kind of distribution platform is Billy Corgan going to find? And that's what I'm curious about, more so than the presentation. But the presentation will be interesting also, because I don't want to knock Ring of Honor, but when Ring of Honor does TV tapings, they don't look that good. Yeah. And they're usually taped near Baltimore in a very small arena. And, I mean, they have a couple of Trons, but the crowd is dark. It's not It's not like what you're talking about, uh, NWA Saturday Night from the 80s, where the the crowd was well-lighted. You could see the... the you could see the crowd, the performers could feed off the crowd, even though the matches were just jobber matches 99% of the time. The crowd was still into it. So, yeah. Or even shows like WCW Saturday Night, as it evolved into the 90s, still had a special look to it with the doors, the the robot arms and stuff, the spinning ring. Spinning on, ring, exactly, yeah. That was really weird. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious to see what he does to make this product stand out from the others where... I mean, the closest comparison right now would be NXT, which is going to stay at full sale. So compare that to this. What what are the differences? What are the pros? What are the cons? I'm looking forward to seeing the the completed pro- product. Yes, and I like I said, I'll take some pictures, and I'll uh, I'm not going to give out results, obviously, but uh, I'll take some pictures. I'll try to get some uh, insight. I'm looking forward to catching up with my buddy Jim Cornette. Um, it's just the whole way, the whole thing's going to be awesome. And I'm truly ecstatic and looking forward to it. The uh, Tim Storm, by the way. Tim Storm coming back. First night challenging for the NWA title once more. Moving forward, we had NXT start past Wednesday. They wanted to get a weak jump on AEW. Did you watch NXT? Now, they've actually had a... So, NXT's actually had a two-week two jump, jump. Sorry, uh, yeah. on AEW. That's but right. it was a weird way of doing it because one hour was on USA and then the other hour was on the network. Now, 
They did good numbers. I was not one of them because I had a lot going on uh, on Wednesday nights. I've had a lot going on most of my nights lately, and so I did not tune in on Wednesday, but both episodes, the debut episode did uh, 1.1 million viewers. It actually outdid Suits, which was the program that it got cut down for as Suits was wrapping up. And then this past week, it did about 1 million viewers. So for a debuting wrestling program, I think those are very fair numbers. And it wasn't the highest rated show on cable by any means either night. But for a product that I'd say the general public, I mean, most people that watch Raw, I mean, you can tell because there are 2 point something million people that watch Raw and the WWE Network only has like one and a half million subscribers so there's definitely some people that don't watch NXT and so to grab at least a million people of both of those groups uh, when it goes to TV I think that was pretty impressive and the show's got good feedback from from what I've heard but I did I did not watch them I and going forward I don't know how much I will watch them because they're available on the network the next day so uh, on tape delay and as much as I love a lot of the wrestlers in NXT, I don't really follow it that much. I watch the takeovers, and I kind of read about it. I kind of know who's the champion, who's hot, who's whatever, but I've never followed it that closely. I haven't either. And I got a feeling that they've bit off more than they can chew as it pertains to going head-to-head with AEW. AEW debuting. AEW Dynamite debuting this Wednesday. It's huge. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Like I said, it's it's awesome. October second, yes. I think that it's going to be blowing NXT out of the water for quite a while. So they've got to figure out something. WWE has to figure out something quick to counteract, or it's going to be a landslide right out of the gate. They've announced some good matches for that first head-to-head battle. Um, But I'm not sure it's the kind of matches... It's not like a takeover. I kind of thought, in the back of my mind, they would go full out and make it a takeover special. But it's not. Uh, But they do have some good matches announced. But also, AEW has some good matches announced, so we'll see. Yeah. Also, SmackDown, this Friday night, debuting on Fox once again. Actually, the... The day we're taping this, the 27th, tonight on Fox is like a preview uh, of WWE SmackDown where it's like a, a best of. It's highlights, clips, trying to get you hyped. Yeah. They, they do this a lot when uh, new shows are premiering. They sometimes uh, run these specials that are hosted by someone on the network and they just toss to clips. So it's actually kind of a sneak peek tonight, uh, the day we're recording. But yes, Fox, uh, two hours from 8 to 10, so it won't... And it'll be a hard 10 o'clock because they have news. They won't run over. There's no run over. And they've adjusted to not having run overs with the last uh, few months with USA anyway, mm-hmm. cutting their run overs off. Um, but yeah, they're going to Fox and they have already shaken up the announced teams on both Raw and SmackDown. We're getting Jerry the King Lawler back. Well, but in 2019, I don't think that's a good thing. We're getting Jerry the King Lawler back on commentary for Monday Night Raw. We have two others joining him. Vic Joseph, Dio Madden, or Madden, I'm not sure, and Jerry Lawler. So they're going to keep the three-man booth on Raw. That is going to stay the same. Do we have any information on the other two? Because I have not heard of these men. 
Vic Joseph has been doing uh, 205 Live, I think, and okay. he's been in the system for a while. I think he's done NXT. He's he's pretty good. I mean, he's he's not that different from Tom Phillips, who, okay. unfortunately, Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon have been shuffled out from all of this shakeup here. They have been... I don't know where they're going. Uh, the NXT commentary team is going to stay the same. And then Friday Night SmackDown, and this confirms it, SmackDown is now the A show because Michael Cole and Corey Graves, they're going back to a two-man booth. Renee has also been kicked out of the booth, but she has the show on FS1 hosted with Booker T, and she's going to be doing like basically the sideline reporting on SmackDown. So she still is going to be part of the show, but they are going back to a two-man booth on SmackDown. So, But moving Michael Cole to SmackDown, to me, indicates that it's going to be the focus of the company. Yes. I mean, because he is... He's the company guy. Which is why they put Eric Bischoff in charge of SmackDown. They prepped this months ago. Because when you look at it, Bischoff's the one that kicked their ass. Not Paul Heyman. Nothing against Heyman, just that's the cold hard facts. And so they're looking at it like, okay, we're moving to Fox. We got to come out swinging. And we got to get the best that we can offer. And that's Eric Bischoff. So while we have gotten some new things out of Raw to a degree, it's kind of the same shit. Honestly, on both shows, since... Heyman and Bischoff were announced as being in their executive producer roles or whatever they're called. I haven't really noticed a lot of difference in either show, to no. be quite honest. No. Uh, there were some glimpses of of that on Raw with, with the Braun Strowman throwing Bobby Lashley through the LED board or whatever that was. And then, I mean, Bischoff didn't start that that same week, so he came in a few weeks later. But I haven't seen a tonal shift in either show. They both seem... I think the the reality aspect of who's attacking Roman Reigns backstage, that was a good twist. I think that was a pull from, well, from Bischoff. Because well, it's the I, NWO deal, you know? Yeah, definitely someone getting hit by a car is, is the fingerprints of Eric Bischoff all over it. And yeah. uh, backstage accidents and a whodunit. That, that's, that screams nitro. Yeah. Um, but... What I didn't like about that was the ultimate payoff. That that I liked that it actually kept Roman Reigns off SummerSlam, and it and and it was a it was a big build. Yeah. The reveal at the end of all of it was just that Harper's back. I mean, that was really it. Yeah. Rowan got a win over Roman Reigns. That was pretty incredible. But if you're gonna do long-term storytelling, I just want a big payoff. This company, but it's been so long since this company's done long-term storytelling that. They don't even know how to. Well, pay here's them. my thing. What I want, uh, what I want out of Harper and Rowan, and I don't see it happening, is a Freebirds type mentality. They're good as single stars, and they can hold singles titles. They're even greater as a tag team. So have them be an a Intercontinental Champion, as well as hold the tag titles. Or have one of them be the U.S. champ, as well as going against for the tag titles. Have them have their singles stuff, but come out together and prove that they are a dominant singles wrestlers, both of them, 
but also have them be in a tag team format as well. That's what they need. If not, then Rowan and Harper are going to fall right back down into the glitch and under the shit like they were before they got hurt. Well, yeah, I, I feel bad. Well, and Harper was actually, I mean, he wasn't hurt. He wanted out of his contract, yeah. and they just benched him, and I thought they were just going to bench him forever. So yeah. it was nice to see him back. It, it kind of sucks, though, for him that he's always attached to Rowan or the the Wyatt family. Like, why, why can't he, yeah, why can't these guys get a singles run? I mean, yeah. they're, they're big guys. I'm not as high on Rowan as I am on Harper, but... Harper's a great wrestler. Dude, never, I love Luke Harper, man. He is a phenomenal wrestler. But never never gets no. any opportunity. Harper could be a main event role. I always said if you gave this guy a haircut and shaved his beard, you could totally... No one would even know it was Harper. That's you could true. Tell it was, you could tell him it was Doug Douglason. You know, yeah. and the, bring him back. Uh, that's yeah. a bad WWE name. But anyway, I was getting off topic. But yeah, you're right. They... They definitely picked Bischoff for SmackDown because Bischoff over Heyman because Bischoff has experience not just with Nitro and, and all that, but he has television production history with all the shows that he's done uh, with the guy from the Wonder Years. Yeah. So he actually has talked to network executives. He's had high-level meetings. He's He's good in business settings where Paul Heyman Is might... <laughs> well, yeah, might get... A little heated and yeah. and defensive when a network guy tells him. I mean, we, we saw that towards the end of ECW with the network and having Don Callis come out there and Paul Heyman screaming at TNN. Now, he wasn't a bad deal and he was getting screwed, but could he have handled that? Maybe he could have turned it around if he was a nicer guy, if he, yeah. if he knew how to work in that world, in yes. the corporate world. And Bischoff is a kiss-ass and Bischoff is a company guy. I mean, he, he knows how to work the system. Yeah, exactly. Bischoff knows how to get in there and shake hands and kiss babies and at the same He's time... He's a politician, yeah, absolutely. At the same time, do what he what needs to be done to get his point across. And, like you said, I don't think Heyman has that ability. Yeah, but they're both great. They're, I think Heyman's a better mind for wrestling. Yes. But I don't think he's a better mind for business because... Right. That's and I think everyone's always said that. Well, or, and if you're smart, you have is that Heyman is the mind for wrestling, where Bischoff was the showman. Bischoff was all about give me give me halfway decent talent, and I can compromise on not having the athleticism, but having the showmanship, having the big names, the yeah. big names, having the big where. Heyman can take a nobody and turn him into somebody in a matter of weeks. Well, and like I said before, I mean, the fact is, Bischoff, the fate of WCW was sort of out of his hands. I mean, yes. he had a hand in it, but the ultimate fate of WCW's failure was Time Warner and AOL. Russo. And, well, Russo didn't help either. Yeah, the writing. Yeah, Bischoff, the, the product was bad too, but Ultimately, Bischoff even tried to buy the company to save it to keep it going, whereas Heyman sank his own company. Yeah, and so that tells you all you need to know about the business between the two of them is that is that Bischoff actually was able to get people even in two thousand one to, to sign. Say, well, to say, uh, 
yeah, we'll buy WCW. We think that's a good investment. Yeah. And if you told me, hey, I've got a stock in WCW. I'd like you to invest in WCW. And then I turned on WCW and looked at it in 2001 and say, fuck you, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Bischoff was able to work the system and get a group together. Yes. Uh, to actually, Fusion Media, to actually get people, to, to swindle these people into investing yeah. in, in that company. So I think that's really impressive. Yeah. And that's the thing is with me. Who I... brought a crying baby in here? It's crazy. <laughs> And that's the thing with me is that um, I just love how it was obvious that Bischoff, when they let him go, when they told him to go home and they brought Russo in, I consider that the downward slide. And it slid fast. Well, before they brought Russo in, there was a period of time where it was the committee. And as much as you love Kevin Sullivan and them, they did not... Red Rooster, Terry Taylor, all those guys, they did not do a very good job in the me- meantime. Because there was that gap between yeah. when... when The gap between when Bischoff goes home and Russo comes in, not very good. And then Russo gets sent home and it's back to the committee again. Might have even been worse than Russo. So, yeah, um, yeah we, we can go on all day about WCW. But. but that's, you know, that like I said, that's why they moved SmackDown, put him on SmackDown. And so, but um, the commentator groups. I mean, so where is Saxton and them going to fall? What are they going to do? <laughs> They're just left out in the cold here. Are they going to be told, "Hey, go home. Here's your severance package. Hey, go work." You know, pre-show panel. Pre-show panel. Pre-show panel seems to be where they put all the the discarded yeah. commentators. I mean, that's where Coachman ended up. That's where Lawler's been sitting for years. Now, Lawler in a three-man booth, he's been in a three-man booth for a long time, but like I said, I'm not as high on Lawler as you are. I think that the Lawler that I loved from the Attitude Era, after the heart attack and he came back, he he, he just doesn't seem interested in the product. He yeah. just he throws out his one-liners, he empties yeah. his joke book, but it's not like Bobby Heenan. He, yeah. he uses the same, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's just I'm not as high on Lawler coming back. And we'll see how long it actually lasts because we're back to the old ratings book now. And and when Coachman didn't work out, which had no effect on ratings, but they just saw how <laughs> terrible Coachman was, he was out of there. Booker T was there. What does he do now? I know he's still part of the company, but what the hell does Coachman do? He actually has a gig at the Golf Channel, and he has a podcast that he does, and he does the pre-show panels. So Oh, okay. So He's still around. Yeah, the coach still around after all this time. I think we need to see him put on the knee pads again and and oh no, I I could go the rest of my life without seeing a Jonathan Coachman match. Um but clearly by moving Cole to SmackDown tells you everything you need to know that the main focus everything will be on SmackDown. And well, so when this draft happens, Raw is just going to get raided. It's just going to be Oh yeah. A, a, an all out I mean, and this has happened before, back when... Um, Lesnar will go to SmackDown. Oh, he's on the first episode of SmackDown. He's fa- and, he's facing Kofi Kingston, his first televised match on uh, one of their shows since 2004, which was also on SmackDown. So he's had a nice 15-year layoff from a TV match. And yeah. yeah, so they've already booked a big main event for that SmackDown. And honestly, I think he's going to beat Kofi. I think, yet, I think you need that that big win to 
I like Kofi a lot, but I think his matches with Randy Orton the last couple of months have kind of stunk. But I blame that more on Randy Orton. That's style. on Randy because Randy he's slow. He's so slow and methodical. Randy has gotten where he he was good in his younger age. The older he's gotten, the worse he's gotten. And that's that's not a knock on him. It's just it's the same shit. He hasn't evolved like others. And well, yeah, and he. He knows his place. He yeah. knows that he's a made man. So why does he need to put a bunch of effort yeah. to put guys over when... Right. I mean... Why go break my back for... You know, I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here for a while. I'm not going anywhere. I'm a lifer, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, they've booked this big main event between Brock and Kofi. And I think... I know you hate Brock, but I think that... I hope not, the belt man. on him. I really hope not. Um... What are they going to do with Heyman? Is Heyman going to start showing up on SmackDown as well? Oh, <laughs> that's a very interesting point you brought up. Yeah, he's going to have to be. He's well, be but, pulling double. Well, but he won't be there, I mean, because Brock's a part-time champion. And, and I don't think you want to... It's Fox, man. They're going to want... They're going to want... Well, but Lesnar's contract says, I only work X amount of dates. Which now, you what... can burn a bunch of dates. Yeah. But then... You're out of dates with Brock Lesnar, and so then you have to pay him more. Which right. I guess they will. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, Heyman will just work Monday, and his work week I guess will be Thursday through Monday. Yeah, I guess. So, um, yeah, because he he's part of the act. Yeah. And because we all know Lesnar can't talk. Well, Lesnar, I think when he when he speaks in pre-tapes, when they actually do sit-downs with him, I think he's actually a very interesting character. And he actually can talk pretty well. Like, after his UFC wins, when he gets a post-fight interview, he's delivered some amazing post-fight interviews. Yeah. But yeah, Heyman is a much better... In their scripted environment, in that world where you need to keep people on track, yeah, Heyman is, is part of the package, so... And I think, uh, where do you stand as for this massive ladder match of who's getting fired? Oh. Is Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Whoever oh, loses... Oh, is that happening on SmackDown? That's happening this Friday. Whoever loses is fired. Oh, so see, they've already put a pretty stacked... I mean, those two matches alone... Makes you tune in Friday night. I, 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 I think Shane... Unfortunately, I think that you have to because Shane can always come back. And I, well, either guy could always come back. Here's so, what I think. I I think Shane, but the way they could do it is he's fired. Is Owens loses, he's fired, but then he's drafted to Raw, or he goes to NXT. I mean, the rumor was for the last couple of weeks that he was going to NXT, so he could. I don't think. Shane, I think it's time for Shane to take a break. I think, I mean, if you think about it, he's pretty much been going at this full time since when it was him and Taker and Hell in a Cell. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's been going nonstop. Yeah, we're coming up on four straight years of him on the road constantly. Well, yeah, even as a GM or whatever, yeah. like, um, not always wrestling. This is the most wrestling he's done this past year. I mean, he's In a pretty really much long time, yeah, yeah. Like, because even when he came back and he did the thing with Taker, it wasn't until like Survivor Series he got back in the ring. Yeah. So, um, 
And even then, back in the early 2000s, he was having one-offs. He wasn't really doing a lot of matches. His feud with X-Pac, I think, back when WrestleMania 15, that was when he was... That's the last time he's had a solid amount of, like, I don't know, 10, 15 matches in a year, which is what he's pushing this year. Yeah, and he's much, much older now, too. I could see Kevin Owens going to winning and still getting drafted to... I think Kevin needs to win because you need a babyface, um, Kevin Owens, and then you can ship him to Raw because I think you're going to have... You're going to need that on Raw. <laughs> I think you're going to lose Rollins, who's their top babyface, and outside of that, I don't... Who's even number two? Becky Lynch, then. Is Becky going to SmackDown? They're, cu- they're a package deal. It all depends on... What happens at Hell in a Cell if they drop their title? Are champions even allowed? Is that champions can't swap either? Well, see, they haven't they haven't specified if champions can be drafted because you could have a case where, well, but you're not going to have two world champions. I don't know. It's too early to tell, but I would I would predict that Kevin Owens he needs to beat Shane. He he needs this, and they've done a lot to hurt his character as far as being. The Stone Cold Steve Austin character with the stunner and the anti-authoritarian character when he's he's bowing down to Shane. Oh, oh, I'm fired. I'm getting fined. Oh, I'm scared. Austin didn't care about any of that. No. Austin purposely got fired on a pay-per-view. Yeah. He knew. McMahon said, if you don't count the three, you're fired. Did it anyway. Doesn't give a shit. Yeah. But Kevin Owens, at the first sign of trouble, is, oh, okay, I'm, I'll... I'll help you out or whatever yeah. so yeah so I, I think Kevin Owens really needs the win to help his character out so but the whole, the entire roster is going to be so drastically different where does AJ him. end up because AJ's on that mid card slide which I still think is a main event quality athlete that do you move him to Smackdown and get shuffled in to the the mix or do you leave him on Raw and put him in your main event role because you're going to need people in that main event role on Raw especially with Smackdown coming out as the victor in the draft well, Raw is still going to be a three hour show mm-hmm. so it's still going to require more talent than Smackdown but Smackdown is going to be on Fox it's going to have this FS1 it's going to be more sports oriented I imagine and so I think you want your best wrestlers on Fox because all the soap opera stuff or whatever that's good too you need a little bit of that but you want the best action and so I think you'd want your best wrestler your best wrestlers to be on Smackdown and your best characters to be on Raw because I put AJ, Seth, Kevin Owens, I put them in that role as the top in-ring performers, athlete-wise, that they have. There's the entire roster is stacked with, with great talent. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm not, but I'm just saying that's that's a top ten caliber, all three of those, every time. I think you probably bring AJ over with the club to SmackDown. And, I mean, I just, I really don't know. I really don't know who to leave on Raw, honestly, because there's so much riding on SmackDown. Well, I mean, you're going to have a Miz TV with Hulk Hogan and the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Yeah, now, 
the interesting thing will be, do they let Nature Boy speak? Because the last few times he's been on their television, didn't get to say a word. Yeah. The greatest talker in the history of the sport. But... He's, given the he's had he's had some mouth off. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Given what he's been posting on the internet, maybe they're scared to let him to let him go. Give a live mic to this this legend and see what he says. Yeah. yeah um. So we'll that'll be interesting. Um. What also might be interesting is that the Miz's old partner might show up as uh, John jo- Morrison, Johnny Nitro, Johnny back. Nitro, John Morrison, Johnny Wrestler, Johnny Impact, Johnny Johnny Impact, Mundo, Johnny Mundo. John Morrison is coming after an eight-year hiatus back to WWE. Well, it's not like he's been on hiatus. I mean, this guy has been working every other promotion. Making say, movies, as he politely informed to you. Oh, yes. Well, I know you had a great conversation with him. No, I asked him one question, and it was like he didn't understand the question. <laughs> I don't know if he was trying to be in character or if he just... I don't know. I, <laughs> obviously, he's or... not... No, I don't. I, I really don't think he even understood the question. So it was fine. I, I said, what other kind of wrestlers that have gotten into acting inspire you, like Hogan or Piper? or wh- Who do you look for in that or whatever? And I think he answered... I forgot what his answer was, but he didn't answer the question. He totally drifted off. Something like I inspire myself or some bullshit. No, I don't like even that. think it was that good. If it was oh, that really? good, I would have given him some credit. But <laughs> okay. I think he talked about... I think he cited some other actors, maybe like Sylvester Stallone or something. I, I don't really remember, but yeah, he's coming back. Yeah, oh yeah, his acting career. Yeah, he was in one episode of Glow and got fired. So uh, that tells you the level of uh, he's done a couple movies. I bought you one of his movies. So you That's can watch. correct. Yes, and well, actually, the company that made one of his movies actually sent us a link to watch one for free to oh, hopefully okay. talk about it a long time ago. I'm not gonna go back and watch it but yeah um yeah so john are we gonna call him john morrison i mean they legally have that name so i'm assuming so yeah they're not gonna try and change his name so yeah john morrison will be back and they get another roster member here as they hopefully can figure out what to do he's he's a main event caliber if they use him properly I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. I just. I've seen what happens when they bring in other people that were main eventing in Impact, like Bobby Lashley or Bobby Roode, or the list goes on and on. Dude, they fucked up Bobby Roode for life. I. I truly believe. Well, I mean, he's getting up there in age, so it's not like he's in the prime of his career. But yeah, they certainly. I mean, this guy was their NXT champion. But if you look at their NXT champions, I mean, Bo Dallas was an NXT champion and. They've done a terrible job with a lot of talent, and so I don't, I don't have high hopes for what they've got in store for Mr. Morrison or Mr. Mundo or whatever he wants to be called. I actually expect him to probably actually team up with the Miz at first. Really, a reunion? Yes, a reunion with the Miz. Eminem. Well, they're not going to bring back Molina, but yeah. Okay. We'll at, first, at first, I, that would be his first program, I guarantee you. And it's going to be The Miz talking about his acting, it, how how good... It's going to be a feud over acting, and how yes. The Miz is a star, and he's been in six Marine movies, and what have you done? All your movies went straight to DVD, even though Miz's did too, but he's delusional. Right. And so I think that's 
their first program after they break up the tag team. And Maurice comes involved as the Molina character now, and maybe definitely. Well, she just had a she just had her second kid, so she's not going to be around for. Well, a while. but I mean, you're talking a couple months. You're not saying. <laughs> I speak from experience. I know. I. Um, yeah, so I think that his he'll be paired up with the Miz in some capacity. Well, last but certainly not least, uh, in public conversations between Chris Jericho and David Benoit, yes, the son of Chris Benoit, David Benoit has publicly announced that he wants to go to AEW and wrestle. And that makes perfect sense because WWE's never going to touch him. And he's a name that Impact, I just don't think they would have the credibility to handle him properly. And he's such close friends with Chris Jericho and a couple of the others that I think that that is his home. That would be a great spot for him to start his wrestling career. And I'm excited about it. I just hope they follow through with it. Yeah, well, David is 26 years old. I'm still not sure that he's ever actually received proper wrestling training, um, but he was actually on a a podcast, the Pro and Bro Wrestling Podcast, and he talked about uh, where he wanted to join All Elite Wrestling, and if you go to his Twitter page, which is at Real David Benoit, it's just nothing but AEW promos and then pictures he was at some wwe events with natalia and tyson kidd and other people that he grew up with um so he he's interested in wrestling but i don't know that he's received the proper training and even if he does certainly can't use his name lance storm helped him and jericho helped train him so he has gotten trained i can verify that well i i just don't you're not sure i'm just not no, he's... Unfortunately, it's just not going to happen for him. Really? His circumstances beyond his control. I say bring him in and I call, call him David Benoit. I think a lot of people would have problems with that. Why? He can't change who he is. He's not responsible. I understand. I understand. He's not responsible for the stuff in which his father allegedly did. <laughs> I understand that, but it's sponsors people that I think it's nice to help him out you can give him a backstage role but you cannot put him out there and call him the crippler oh good yes people <laughs> love that no I, I, I unfortunately just not gonna happen Man, I see him. I really hope you're wrong on that I honest to god really hope you're wrong on that because I think he deserves a chance just like anybody else and so I don't know we'll wait and see you mentioned this to me also that uh, Jose Canseco is going to uh, step into the ring for World Class Revolution Pro Wrestling. Baseball legend. Well, baseball steroid uh, guy. Roided out of his mind. Yes. Jose he, Canseco. Yes, he's going to wrestle in an event called Oklahomania 4, and it's going to be on Fight TV. So there you go. Are we going to tune in to watch Jose Canseco's very first wrestling Uh, match? I don't think so. Uh, I think he actually did one of those celebrity boxing things, if I remember correctly. And I think he won. Um, Dude, he is jacked from the promo where he's announcing. I think he's done MMA already. I gotta go double 
bullshit. From the promo that he is announcing that he's getting into wrestling, yada yada bullshit, he he is jacked. This dude is massively jacked. So I'm assuming steroids. Yeah, he actually had one MMA fight at uh. He fought in Dream. He fought one MMA match. He lost in one minute and seventeen seconds. <laughs> uh, he. It was a TKO by strikes, and that was in 2009. So it's been 10 years since he's done combat sports of any sort. It probably took him 10 years to recover from that damn knockout. Yeah. Uh, Probably not going to make it into the big leagues of pro wrestling because in 2013, he was named as a suspect in a rape allegation. Oh. So uh, he was cleared of wrongdoing, so maybe he will be back. But uh, there you go. Uh, I mean, they've had Mike Tyson before, so... There you go. A guy that actually did time for, for <laughs> rape. Um, I think that was before they've gotten this new era of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, where they fire you without even letting your case play out. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole difference. As so for, as so for Enzo. Well, and Enzo was just being an asshole anyway. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Do we see uh, an Enzo and Big Cass pop up somewhere in this whole big wrestling build again? I mean, you got Impact, you've got Ring of Honor, you've got... Yeah, AW. Impact moving to Tuesday nights on Axis TV. That was made official, so that's happening in November. Yeah, I mean, you've got wrestling on primetime television. Four different companies... Six different shows. Who shows up where? Do you, I mean, they're going to need that. I'm not saying WWE, but I'm saying somebody. There's plenty of room for everybody, Yeah, I think. And think about it. NWA getting ready to take off as well. That's, that's a whole nother... That's five companies. And I'm still blown away that fucking Impact now is a main event player again. How in the hell did that happen? Well, uh, Anthem buying Axis made them a player again. So, And Don Callis has said, oh, we've never been as bad as people have let on that we were. Dude, it was bad. People, were, You were bouncing checks to people. It was ECW bad. And for some ungodly reason, you came back. Oh, and uh, one final piece of news. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has a new signing. They signed Jim Johnston to do their theme songs, so... Really? Yeah, Jim Johnston back in the game. Wow, I figured AEW would have picked him up. I think AEW is more interested in, like, actual bands doing all the songs. It seems like all their songs have words and are bands doing them. True. Uh, It's strange that Ring of Honor would pick Jim Johnston up because uh, for years they've just used production music, Warner Chapel, uh, which is a production library, so now maybe they're actually going to start putting in some uh, effort into their theme songs. All right. Well, I'm, a little, I'm excited about that now. I'm going to have to start paying closer attention to Ring of Honor. Do you see them being a, a player? Are they picking up their game to be an actual player in all this? Once Sinclair starts messing with those regional sports networks and baseball seasons over, which is coming up very soon, too... I think you are going to see Ring of Honor on 
like Fox Sports South or whatever they decide to rename those channels. So, because I get Stadium rest, or Stadium, the channel called Stadium, and yeah, that's a Sinclair and sort of property. I get my Ring of Honor on that every Thursday night. So, yeah, if if Sinclair could ever actually, if Sinclair could ever actually obtain. Uh, like a mainstream cable channel I think they would be a big player but they're going to be a a sizable player once they get put on these regional sports networks Uh, they've got a problem though with talent at the moment because once Marty Skrull his contract is up uh, and everyone else is signing with AEW and WWE it's a fight for talent and Ring of Honor is currently probably the lowest on the the pecking order of places you want to sign with just because they're not... That's hard to believe that Impact is above them, but that's true. Well, now with Access TV, yes, they have a, a bigger platform, a right. bigger stage to showcase your talent. Right. So. But, but yeah, like you said, everybody else is going to head for the higher ground on that. And so... A bigger stage to showcase your talent, like network television. It doesn't get any bigger than that, right? Well... That's right. As SmackDown in 2019 is about to move to the Fox Network, back in 1999, 20 years ago, they were moving, well, they were debuting, actually, on another broadcast network that no longer exists, UPN, the United Paramount Network. This was a one-off. This was supposed to be just like a TV event slash Clash of Champions pay-per-view type deal. Yes, this was a pilot. This was a, a test run before... UPN wasn't willing to open their checkbook because in 1999, wrestling was still very, very hot, very popular. Even WCW, even though the product had declined, uh, very popular. So UPN was going to hold off on paying them until they see what they get uh, for their money. So this was a pilot, and I lied to you last week. I said that JR and King call this. No, no, no. We got the very rare pair up of Michael Cole and Jim Cornette calling the first ever SmackDown, which is very strange to me, but... Um, that's a that's a unique pair. I did not know they did anything together. Yeah, I think Cornette was still doing Shotgun Saturday Night at this point, or it had been renamed Shotgun by this point. Uh, I think that Cole was doing... He was still... Cole was doing backstage interviews, but in earlier in 1999, when JR had the Bell's Palsy attack, that's when... Cole stepped in on Raw for a while, so, and I think he was doing Sunday Night Heat by this point, was his primary show. Yeah, actually, Cornette and Cole, this was the Sunday Night Heat team at the time, so, uh, a very strange combination, though. I Yes. I don't recall them... Ever doing anything together. Yeah, and I watched... Uh, Sunday Night Heat was the show to suffer from SmackDown becoming a thing, because... Sunday Night Heat was the B-show. It was SmackDown before SmackDown was around. And even though it was only an hour and it was on MTV, they it was canon. Uh, Storylines advanced, things happened on that show. So uh, this is your Sunday Night Heat team uh, doing this debut edition of SmackDown. This debuted on April 29th, 1999. Yeah, so this was taped on a Tuesday and it aired on a Thursday to go up against Thunder. A head-to-head, a little Thursday night war here. As Thunder, WCW, had gotten the jump on having a B-show 
a real B show more so than Sunday Night Heat back in 1998. So they were already uh, a year and a half into the game as far as having a secondary show. And as anyone that watched Thunder will tell you, Thunder sucked. So don't do Thunder. That's what WWE sat back and was able to watch. Do not do whatever they're doing because the stars wouldn't show up. It was mainly a recap show. And that's eventually that's what SmackDown became, though. SmackDown, in those weird years uh, after the brand split and everything, and all the, that had ended... Still on UPN, but yet nobody was paying attention to them because they weren't a localized national channel. The history of UPN. Okay, so UPN and the WB came along about the same time. The idea of UPN and the WB were both to be like Fox, to be alternative broadcast networks. Now, the, the thing is, though, that the WB was actually an affiliate with WGN. So WGN was a cable channel. So technically, everybody got the WB. Even people in markets where you had might have had a local WB channel, you also have the national one if you have cable because you have WGN. So if you have... So then you would have UPN as a local affiliate. Now, what happened to us in, in Chattanooga is that um, somewhere in the early 2000s, I think, there was some FCC thing, and they... Anyway, WGN dropped their WB affiliation. So, our local UPN station then said, you know what, fuck the UPN, we'll be WB now. So we lost SmackDown for several years here locally. We and did. CBS, our CBS affiliate, picked them up as a secondary, but this was before, like, sub-channels. This was before digital TV. So what they had to do was put, like, UPN programming at weird times. Like, SmackDown would air, like, Sundays at 11 a.m. If it, if it aired. If there was a football game, forget about it. It was all over the dial on CBS here. So for years, we actually lost it here. And it was impossible for us to keep up with it. But it aired on UPN from 1999 until 2006, when UPN and WB merged, which was good for us because we finally got it back. Uh, back in 2006, they were there until 2008. Then they moved over to Mind Network TV from 2008 to 2010, and then made the move to cable uh, when they were on the verge of getting canceled, basically. Uh, they canceled the old NXT on Sci-Fi, that old competition program, and put SmackDown in its place there. The old EC WWECW time slot, basically. So they were on Sci-Fi from 2010 till 2015. They were on USA from 2016 until 2019, which seems crazy because it seems like they've been on there much longer. But yes. They've only been on there for three years, and they will start on Fox on 2019 so you're talking about one two three four five six channels have broadcast smackdown the little engine that could just keeps on going and uh which is crazy it is crazy because for a lot of those years like i said like it was they were pre-taped the stories weren't canon you didn't have to watch them to see the pay-per-view to know what was going on the stars weren't showing up outside of undertaker who was exclusive to SmackDown. He just he loved that schedule, and uh, but no <laughs> one of shittiness. Yeah, no one no one cared. So, uh, Muhammad Hassan and the Undertaker is the only thing SmackDown wise I remember within that 2000 era. 
Okay, so this initial SmackDown pilot, it aired on April 29th, 1999. It was from New Haven, Connecticut. It achieved a 3.1 and a 5.8 rating share, so pretty good. But the actual series, when it got picked up later that year in August, did a 4.2. So it actually improved upon uh, this this initial... Spoiler alert, that's my pick. But go on. Okay, <laughs> yes. And this is before the old uh, the Fist set. This was before it had... This was... If you didn't run that little SmackDown open and change the graphics, the lower thirds, with the SmackDown stuff, yeah. you could have told me it was Raw. Yeah. I would have I would have bet you money that we were watching Raw. It had red ring ropes. Uh, outside of JR and King not being there, it was presented exactly like Raw. Yeah. Titantron's the same. Everything about this. This was just... Hey, but it's a good idea because if you want to get your broadcast partner to buy in, give them the best product you got. What do we got? We got Raw. Give them Raw. So they yeah. got Raw, basically. You got Thursday Night Raw yeah. here was the initial SmackDown. And this was in the midst of the Ministry of Darkness slash Corporation slash Corporate Ministry as Shane McMahon... Here we are in 2019 with Shane McMahon still being a primary character on WWE television as he attempts to take over the corporation from his father. Yes. Meanwhile, his father is distracted because The Undertaker is attempting to kidnap and apparently marry and therefore have sex with his daughter, and he was distracted by that. Just like Savage. Ooh, yeah. Uh, it's probably where he got the idea from, to be honest. Oh, So, anyway. And who came to the aid of a McMahon? The least likely person on Austin. Earth. Stone Cold Steve Austin. But, JR pointed out in this video recap that he only did it. He didn't do it because he likes the McMahons. He did it because it was the right thing to That's do right. Patrick. He still hates the McMahons. Exactly. So here comes Vince and Steph. Vince is greeted with asshole chants from the crowd. Stephanie looking like she's 16 here. Oh, she definitely played it. I will give the McMahon some credit. Now, wrestling, acting, not very good overall. Yeah. The McMahons are excellent wrestling actors. Yes. Because, yes, Stephanie McMahon had her hair parted down the middle. She's like 24 or something here, and she looks like she's 16. Yeah, she looks like she just got off the bus. Yes. Yeah, she has her hair parted down the middle. She's even talking in her baby voice. I mean, just totally playing this character up. And so the crowd is chanting, asshole, asshole, and then Vince, oh, just humble Vince. (laughs) I was once before, but now I'm not. Now I'm not. Now he's great. And so Stephanie gets on the mic, though, and she would like to thank Ken Shamrock, the big show, and most importantly, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You see, as the corporation had some defectors. We had some people breaking away from the corporation once the, uh, the, the leadership changed. And she says to The Undertaker, in her very baby voice, she hopes that he burns in hell. And here it is. I'm extremely proud to stand before you here tonight. And even more proud to be standing next to my daughter, Stephanie. However, I'm proud of a lot of my personal accomplishments, but not so proud of some of my business ones. And I'd like to address that. 
And you're right, I have been that. Yes. I have been that and hopefully, hopefully I can change. That has been me. In my business life, there's no question I have been ruthless, uncaring of others. In the past, certainly, I've stepped on a lot of toes. I dare say I've even crushed a few. And I've all done it in the name of business, and sometimes I've done it at the expense of my family. So I have an opportunity now to do something about that is tonight, I take the first step in regaining control of my own company. I know that I will certainly be competitive, no doubt. I'll be a competitive SOB as far as my company is concerned. But along the way in the future, I'm going to stop, smell the roses, and I'm going to thank those individuals who have helped me become the success that I am. And I'm going to start, by the way, with thinking tonight, not only the world's most dangerous man, but certainly a man who is at least that loyal. I'd like to thank Ken Shamrock for helping Stephanie. I'd like to thank as well. I'd like to thank the Big Show. I'd like to thank him and his heart that's every bit as big as his 500-pound body, again, for coming to the aid of Stephanie. And most especially, I would like to thank Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow! You ever think you'd hear that? Never. I would also like to personally thank Ken Shamrock, The Big Show, and most importantly, Stone Cold Steve Austin. me with The Undertaker on Monday night. I was taken against my will, stripped of my clothes, and dressed, and dressed in a black gown for an unholy wedding. And I have never felt so powerless and violated in all my life. The Undertaker, he kept, he kept touching me and whispering in my ears that I was his and there was nothing I could do about it. So Steve, I'd just like to say from the bottom of my heart and my soul, for whatever reason you did it, thank you. I will never forget what you did for me. An undertaker, I hope you burn in hell. Strong words. Imagine what Stephanie McMahon had been through. So Stone Cold, I hope you can hear me because tonight I'd like to make a promise. I'd like to make a promise to you, Stone Cold. I'd like uh-oh.
Family trouble brewing. That's Shane McMahon, co-owner of the WWF and Vince's only son. He's on the stage with his streamlined corporation. And Jim, it was just a few weeks ago that Shane McMahon rebuked his father, humiliated Vince, seizing control of the corporation while Vince was distracted by The Undertaker's threats to Stephanie. Shane McMahon has had it the way he's wanted it his entire life. He's had everything handed to him. The only thing he's ever taken on his own was his own father's company, and it looks like Vince wants that company back. Shane McMahon on a serious power trip in recent weeks. Triple H, China, the boss man, and a, the Mean Street Posse here to beat Shane McMahon's backup, Michael. Yeah, the Mean Street Posse. Punks from Greenwich, Connecticut, who grew up with Shane McMahon. Now at his side every step of the way. And the chance once reserved for Vince McMahon, now being thrown the way of his son Shane. First of all, what are you doing here? You know what, never mind, I don't even want to hear it. I have to address one thing. Last Monday night, when The Undertaker abducted Stephanie, do you not think that myself or the entire corporation would have been there for my own flesh and blood, my sister, if something bad were to have happened? Do you not think I would have been there for you? What type of human being do you think I am? What kind of a human being do I think you are, Shane? I think that... Shut your mouth. That's Whoa. enough out of you. I don't even want to hear it anymore. Total disrespect yet again. All of a sudden, Vince McMahon is out here apologizing for how you used to run business. What happened to the most ruthless tycoon in the history of the world? You all of a sudden grew a conscience overnight? And then it makes me sick to my stomach. I almost regurgitated in the back. You're, a, you're out here thanking Stone Cold Steve Austin for saving your precious little daughter, Stephanie, daddy's little girl. What a steal a line from Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know what? As it relates to business, I don't give a rat's ass about daddy's little girl. I don't give a rat's ass about Stone Cold. And I don't give a rat's ass about you. What the hell has gotten into Shane? Power! Well, then maybe you should give a rat's ass about this. Oh, oh, I got this. Yo, 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 yo. Back it up. Back it up. Hold on. Back it up. Hunter, China, I got this one. Just chill out for one second. Better step back. Matter of fact, you know what? You better get your attitude out of my face, Vince, before I slap the wrinkles out of yours. Come on. A son talking to a father like that. Now you may leave and take your precious little daughter with you. Get to stepping. This is my show. I'm running things here. See ya. You know, one day, Shane, you may be a man. Tonight, you're acting like a petulant little boy. Well, let Wonder Boy show you to the door. That's it. Corporation escort them out. There you go. There it is. Let's give Vince and Stephanie, Daddy's little girl, a big hand. Thank you very much for coming here this evening. Sayonara. You know what, Vince? You know what? Daddy's little girl, Steph? 
That's right. Go back in your limo. You can be home in about 35 minutes and you can watch the rest of SmackDown on television. But here comes Shane McMahon to the same theme song as his father. No chance in hell. Yes, no chance in hell. So Shane McMahon and the corporation, well, what's left of the corporation, come out. They want to know why Vince is here. Vince tries to speak, but then Shane Shane just shuts him right up. Shane doesn't want this pussy Vince. He wants the ruthless tycoon, the man that, that... grabs the competition by the throat. He wants that Vince back. And he's very upset that Vince is friends with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he doesn't give a rat's ass about Stephanie or Vince. And Vince says, oh, oh, you don't care about that? You'll care about this! And he rears back and Vince tries to throw a punch, but his future son-in-law, Triple H, and China get in his face. Shane says, back off or I'll slap the wrinkles out of your face. And then, get out of the ring, this is my show. Vince says, you're a petulant little boy. You're a petulant little boy. (laughs) And then they leave. And then Shane says, thanks, arrivederci, sayonara, goodbye. And for some reason, this allows Shane to take over this show and book the show. Yes. I guess because he took over the corporate... He politely informed Vince there that... If they get in the limo and leave now... They can be home. They can be home in about 35 minutes and finish watching SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, since this was in Connecticut, so yes. they're, they're, they're in their backyard here. So Shane now gets the asshole chance, and he says, let's get down to business. I've got issues with Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, big pops for both of them, and we're going to team them up tonight. So a Teddy Long special, holla holla, we're going to make a tag team match play a... <laughs> Which, by the way, Teddy Long, refereeing on this show. He is! He the is. future commissioner. So, Triple H volunteers <laughs> because the rest of this corporation are jobbers. So, Triple H says, okay. And then, The Undertaker comes on the screen, threatens Stone Cold Steve Austin and stuff, but never in this pre-tape... Does, does he, he say he's in the match? Yes, no. He never no. agrees to this. No. And Shane just assumes, oh, okay, well, I guess he's in it too. Yeah. So, that's our main event for the night. Uh, feuding tag team partners in Rock and Austin who don't like each other, even though The Rock is a face now. But Austin, they have a history. In fact, they were just competing at the last couple pay-per-views against each other. So they have a history. So we'll see if they can get along. They will. Um, (laughs) Before we go to break, though, we see Jeff Jarrett walking with Deborah in the back. And he wants to know where the hell is he at. And Blue Blazer runs around saying the WWF needs a hero... And he's here to give him one. This is oh, the no. only Owen Hart SmackDown appearance. Yes, that that is very true. So, Val Venus comes out. He does his thing. He gives a sort of a PG promo, really, because he talks about he's like the stock market. He rises and falls sometimes. I don't know what what it was. But I don't know. Either. It was a UPN Val Venus promo. Then Jeff Jarrett and Deborah come out, and Jeff Jarrett says, You really pissed me off. I'm going to wrestle you. But then, Blue Blazer comes in. So, who was he supposed to wrestle to begin with? I'm not sure. I guess it was the Blue Blazer. I don't know. He started the match with Jarrett. Right. And then Blazer just took his place, and everything was fine. Everyone was fine with that. And the Blazer wrestled in... The cape. The cape. For most of it, yeah. yeah. He finally lost the cape about halfway through the match. But anyway, 
the fans, they don't give a shit about this. They want puppies, so Deborah's distracting them. Val drops the blazer, drops an elbow, but Deborah hops up on the apron, and Val, of course... Val can't be distracted with a match. There are boobs nearby. So Val goes over there, does his little hip waggle, and then Val takes down the blazer, but then Jeff Jarrett runs in, nutshots Val Venus, and blazer rolls him up for One, the two, win. Three. There you go. Nicole Bass comes out, uh, yes. his savior, as uh, she owed him from something that he did on Heat or I don't, I don't know the story here. He fell in love with, or she fell in love with him. She's in love with Valvinus. Yes. She wants to give the big Valboski a real challenge. <laughs> so Val runs away scared, but then the Godfather comes out after Val and Nicole Bass leave. So the Godfather comes out. The crowd goes nuts for Godfather, as we mentioned before. This mid Carter man, he he's super over. Yeah. But it, it, during and it the, wasn't him, it was the girls. It was the gimmick, too. Pimps. Yeah. Pimps were very big in the in the late 90s. Yes. Well, Deborah, see, Jeff Jarrett lost a match where Deborah if, was on the line, yeah. as it often is, where you put your, your woman on the line. Yes. She was supposed to be a hoe. And she didn't mind. She wanted to be on the hoe train. But Jeff Jarrett doesn't like that. He gets chop-blocked. Hits him with the stroke, and then Owen comes back in, leaps from the middle rope, and they destroy the Godfather. So they put the boots to the Godfather, not Valvinus, sorry. They put the boots to the Godfather. Rock is walking around backstage. He says, tonight we're going to make someone famous. Okay. All right, Undertaker. Yeah. The Blue Blazer. I don't know if this interview was supposed to be bad. I don't know if it was like if that was the gimmick. The it, fact that we see Ron Simmons walking behind him for no damn reason whatsoever, out of character too. Not only that, but just that this was pre-taped, so that means you had no, a mil- wasn't. no, it wasn't. I mean, the show was taped. Yes, but so the interview was after the match. You want to know how I know this? Because his cape got ripped during the match, and it was ripped during the interview. Okay, but you had a million shots to tape this. Yes. This was probably not shown to the crowd. So... Well, Blue Blazer, it's been a while since we've seen you here in the WWF. Uh, To what do we owe the honor? Well, Kevin, it's quite simple. The Blue Blazer is back in the WWF because the WWF needs the Blue Blazer back. Needed for what, Owen? Owen? I'm not Owen. Where is Owen? I'm looking for Owen Hart, too. Where is he? Anyway, the conditions here in the WWF have become deplorable. There's, There's too much... Cleavage and that 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 Val I can't even say his last name, but you know what it rhymes with. I can't even say it. But he's deplorable. Everything is deplorable here in the WWF. But why you? Why me? Because the WWF needs a superhero like the Blue Blazer. One that can protect good from evil. And one last thing in closing to all my little blue blazers. Take your vitamins, say your prayers. And drink your milk. And out of all those takes, you just said, ah, this one's fine. We'll go with this. So, he says, the WWF needs heroes, there's too much, and he can't even think of the word, and he says cleavage, and he says, and and that terrible man, that, that Val, I can't even say his last name, everyone's deplorable, Kevin Kelly calls him Owen, and Blazer says, I'm not Owen, I'm looking for Owen, where's Owen at? 
And he tells all his little blazers to say their prayers, take their vitamins. And drink their milk. Drink their milk, a gimmick that would be stolen by Kurt Angle. Oh, what a what a big match we have here. Big Show versus Test. This is an amazing match here. <laughs> As uh, Big Show, by the way, still in good shape. He yes. has not given up. No. In fact, they put him in a Speedo. Yes. Which would be a rare case of Big Show in a Speedo. By the way... Cornette tonight, calling him Paul White. I love that. Uh, Cornette did a great job on color. And Michael Cole. I have to say it. Michael Cole did pretty good. I thought yes. both of these guys did really well. Tess gets in some punches, but Show drop kicks him. A drop kick from the big show. Yes, it happened. He used to do missile drop kicks in WWE. From the top rope. Yeah, that was awesome. They looked like shit, but they were awesome. They were awesome. And then he hits him with the choke slam, which Cole desperately tries to get over, calling it the showstopper. It would not get over. No. No, just like Big Show. Never getting over. <laughs> so, Test is disposed of. This is before the the wedding angle. This is before his character was truly in the garbage. This is a relatively fresh Test. I mean, they still they mention him being a roadie, how he debuted as a roadie for Motley Crue. So, there you go. Apparently, he really did do that, though. That was his actual job before getting into wrestling. Boss Man comes out, and he's swinging his nightstick. He runs away, though, after Show goes after him. Then he gets back into the ring and beats up Test with the nightstick, and Big Show has a change of heart and runs Boss Man away. This so, is the build for, uh... The union. Yeah. Up yours. Yeah. Rock comes down and calls Shane and Triple H monkey asses. They checked into the SmackDown Hotel. Calls them Rudy Poop Candy asses. You know the rest. Austin's music hits. Here he comes. He flips Rock off every time he goes to the buckle to raise his hands, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. And um, But then Shane comes out, and he's happy that these two can't get along. And the the plan is getting bigger and better as they speak. Then the, the un- birth of the corporate ministry is right here. Yes. Cue the ministry music as Undertaker comes out side by side with Shane. And he still hasn't accepted the match, but... Anyway, so, then the rest of the corporation and the ministry come out and stand by them. Uh Uh-oh. It's the corporate ministry. Shane says, say hello to the corporate ministry. Rock and Stone Cold better get together. Change their strategy. Because now they're up against two massive forces. Yeah. Kevin Kelly is talking to X-Pac and Kane about how they need to figure out their match tonight as they're taking on their good friends, the New Age Outlaws. Up next, Draws and D'Lo Brown. You can't make this shit up. Only noticeable thing here, man, Draws' outfit screams 90s here with this purple uh, velvet shorts and that weird-ass hat. He's tagging along with Prince Albert, who is his crony and uh, is threatening to pierce all of Draws' opponents after he beats them. So, one notable thing in this match, really, D'Lo hits a running sit-out powerbomb to Draws. Eerie to see this happen. See this how it was just months later that... Was it on SmackDown as well? Yes, yeah. Well, it wasn't... It was Since SmackDown was taped, the match was cut. It never aired. But okay. yeah, it was during a SmackDown taping. So Draws accidentally runs into Prince Albert, who was on the apron. And then Brown slingshots on top of both men. Back in the ring, he body slams Draws. Again, he goes up, but Albert gorilla slams him from the top rope. And they just 
beat his ass down. So another non-finish here. Prince Albert, though, brings out the piercing needle. Uh Uh-oh. D'Lo Brown's about to get a tongue ring. And then Mark Henry. This man has amazing style, by the way. This suit that he had on, was it a green one? Yes. It was beautiful. (laughs) This... His wrestling ability sucks, but man, his style is always on point. This guy is awesome. This is the return of Mark Henry. He he had been injured, and he uh, also had a a breakup with D'Lo over... uh, It was Terry. Terry. But Sexual Chocolate is back, baby. And so they run off Draws and Prince Albert. These are cut from the network, but we get a bunch of Sable promos with her promoting her Playboy. Really? Yeah. That was cut from the network. That was cut from the network. Why is this? I guess because it's the PG era and we don't want to say... But, I mean, there's other mentions. There's other stuff. It's probably a legit commercial, so... They don't want to have to pay for it or something. Or they... I don't know. They cut it, though, because I don't remember seeing that. Road Dog then it gets interviewed about friendship, and Billy Gunn says there's no friendship when it comes to titles, so Billy Gunn ready to break up the rest of DX. Everyone's breaking up here. They are. They're either joining forces or breaking up. X-Pac and Road Dog start off the match. They lock up, and X-Pac applies a side headlock. Road Dog elbows him, but runs into a spinning heel kick. X-Pac sends him for the ride, but misses a lariat. Road Dog goes for a back body drop, and Road Dog does his little dance. They square off, give each other the suck it signal. Billy Gunn gets a tag and gets in X-Pac's face. Kane gets a tag. Gunn gets a few blows, but dismantled by Kane. He just runs around the ring. He gets whipped from corner to corner, and he gets pummeled. X-Pac is in, takes it to Billy Gunn. Road Dog gets the hot tag. Road Dog gets the hot tag, and down goes X-Pac and Kane, but Kane rises up. Billy Gunn knocks down X-Pac and Kane, but Kane fires up. Road Dog eats a Bronco Buster. Uh, Kane gets double teamed. The Famouser is hit, but X-Pac makes the save. Gunn has... X-Pac in a gorilla slam, but X-Pac shoves Road Dog into them, and Pac lands on top, getting the fluke win. So, the New Age Outlaws having some miscommunication here. Uh, the, the end of DX is near, even though X-Pac would keep using the DX music and shit into, like, 2001. Yes. So. Austin is lacing his boots in the back. Wonderful. Gun is whining. He's very upset that he lost, so he's in disarray. He really wanted those tag team titles. And up next is what I'd have to say, the segment of the night. As we get Doc Hendricks saying he always wanted to hear the brood speak. And here come the brood. And oh my god, we are going to get them speaking. Now you know why (laughs) they weren't supposed to speak. (laughs) Yes. Gangrel opens his mouth and... And here, you can just listen to the promo. And also, the future world champion Edge. Yes. This is rough. The fans have waited for what seems like an eternity for the Brood to finally break their silence. Center stage is yours. The Brood initially has not spoken by our own choice. And then later, it was forbidden (laughs) by The Undertaker. Well, when the Brood entered this world... We craved a guidance, that guiding light to show us the way. And that was The Undertaker. Well, unfortunately, The Undertaker's thoughts and feelings were not the same as ours. <laughs> we're in the darkness, we seek a much different light. 
We live our collective lifestyles for who we are and what we believe in. In the search of the mystery of life in the hereafter. And the power is what we seek. And it's within all of us. And we just have to unleash it. <laughs> well, with all due respect, some say, some say they don't understand your lifestyle. And others, others quite frankly, think the brood are basically off the charts. They will understand. Understanding is just a matter of time. The power lies within us, and it's up to us to find it. We are who we are, the unholy trio. And we will become what we will become. For those who believe, we'll follow. For those that don't, we'll merely exist. So, Doc, I suggest that you beware, take care, because the freaks come out at night. <laughs> look, 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 look. I don't know uh, what y'all are smoking, but if you ask me, seriously, it's nothing but a gimmick. You're just trying to get attention on yourselves. A gimmick, Doc? Is that what you see? Well, we don't care what you think. We know who we are and what we're capable of. You seem to be the one that's confused. Isn't that right, Michael? <laughs> oh, Doc Hendrickson. Wait a minute. Doc Hendrickson, one time known as Michael P.S. Hayes, a member of the legendary Fabulous Freebirds team in the 80s, and they have he has just been attacked. This is... Um the highlight of the show. UPN, if they only saw this segment, they might not have picked up SmackDown. Lights go out, and Doc gets a bloodbath. Gunn is looking for X-Pac. He's going to beat his ass for winning a wrestling match. Shamrock. Oh, big street fight tonight, guys. Ken Shamrock was born on the street, he says, and he's going to break Bradshaw, and after that, beat the crap out of him some more. This is a street fight, so Shamrock didn't bother getting in gear, but Bradshaw's in his Acolyte's gear, so it's kind of stupid. So Bradshaw gets the upper hand, but Ken trips him up, has his leg tied up. Bradshaw gets to the ropes in this street fight, where submissions apparently can be broken up with uh, rope breaks. He has a ball bat, though, and wallops him over and over again, just beats the shit out of him. Now Ken beats him with it over and over again. He chokes him out with the bat, and Bradshaw passes out and the match is over but ken of course ken never knows when the match is over so well, he, he won't just keeps let going. he won't let go shamrock gets pulled off by sergeant slaughter and now poor sergeant slaughter gets his ass beat with the bat <laughs> but the the most vicious part of the bat of course the handle of the bat yes much like the sledgehammer you always want to hit him with the handle mankind is in the boiler room he thought about calling this match off tonight but he said you know what it's my job we're on UPN. This is a big night. I don't want to lose my job. Why do I wear this tie? Because it looks good on me. Why do I wear this mask? Because it sells action figures. A very good Mankind promo. Very good. You know, Kevin, as I was sitting in this boiler room, I suddenly had the feeling, doggone it, why don't we just call off the whole thing for forgive, forgive and forget, let bygones be forgotten. Then I realized if I were to do that, I'd be out of a job 
and UPN would be out one sports entertainment spectacular. So for those of you who don't know me, let me explain myself. I sit in boiler rooms because I enjoy the ambiance. I wear a sweaty leather mask because it helps me sell little dolls. I wear a shirt and tie because it looks so damn good. And I will shove this rancid sock that looks a lot like me down the gullet of the boss man because I can and because the fans seem to enjoy it quite a bit. Have a nice day. So, boss man, mankind. Boss man takes it to him. He leaps on mankind, who's against the ropes. Boss man beats him some more, gets dumped to the floor. But then Big Show comes down, throws him back in the ring. Test also tried to help here, but didn't. Uh, he got his ass kicked. Uh, so Big Show throws boss man back in the ring, Mr. Socko, to the mouth. And there you go. As the union is coming together. Up yours. The union of people you ought not mess with, son. Or whatever it was called. Is that really? Now I'm intrigued. I did not know that the union stood for something. Union of people you ought to respect, son. So, up yours. A very short-lived union. Uh, much like any actual union. Ideas of unions in WWF. Very short-lived. Well, I love the fact that... And Mick Foley's made quite a note about it that... In his contract, still to this day, it states that he can't use anything the union, union, or anything thus after. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's intellectual property. Of- Which is what, it, it blows his mind, because he goes, that was a three-week span, and that's it. So, yeah, because he got hurt shortly after. He needed knee surgery. He never thought that, that they took that seriously. And so they they protect their intellectual property. After they lost superstars of wrestling to that promoter up north, they put fucking trademarks and ev- on everything. It doesn't matter how stupid it is, mm-hmm. even if it's something they'll never use. If they even think they might have a use for it down the road, they'll copyright it because they don't want to find themselves in that situation again. And also, what happened with the World Wildlife Fund? I mean, they don't. They gotta check all the boxes and make sure they got everything locked. what happened with superstars of wrestling? In the early 90s, uh, the WWF changed the name of superstars of wrestling to just superstars. And they abandoned the trademark superstars of wrestling. So, this guy, Albert Patterson, a guy from Wisconsin who's an independent wrestling promoter, he said, hey, if you're not going to use it, I'll fucking use it. So he got it trademarked in 1993, and ever since then... Uh, they've been in litigation back and forth. He's kept them in court for years over this. And so that's why those episodes that say Superstars Wrestling aren't on the network because they'd have to go through and blur anything that said Superstars of Wrestling. And so now this Albert Patterson guy, who you're actually friends with on Facebook, by the way. Uh, Am I really? Yes. How did you know this? Because I, I looked him up on Facebook and I found the oddest Facebook post I've ever seen on his Facebook wall. It's ridiculous. Okay, explain to me. Okay. It's 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 the most insane thing I've ever seen on Facebook, and that says a lot. Uh-huh. It's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Okay, so people pass away. I get that. Sometimes people take pictures of the funeral, or they say, you know, I really miss in memoriam, whatever. That shit happens all the time. This Albert Patterson guy took three pictures <laughs> of a guy in a casket, a dead guy. He took one from far away, 
one up close to the dead guy, and then one of the casket closed. He didn't write anything about this, like who this person was. Didn't write, really miss you, bud, or anything. So it's just three random pictures of a dead man in a casket. It's the strangest post. That's, that's a little odd. And it has no likes. No one commented on it and said, like, oh, Jerry, I'm so sorry for your loss, or whatever. It's just out there. It's that's, really weird. That's a little odd, yeah. So anyway, this Albert Patterson guy, he, he was in the news recently. This Albert Patterson guy, so he, he leases that name, Superstars Wrestling. So that thing in Rome, they pay Albert Patterson, I guess, to use that name. Okay. Um, but he was in the news recently because a few months ago, he actually sent WWE a letter and said, Hey, you want the name back? Okay, well, here's what I want. I want $200,000 and I want a Hall of Fame induction. No fucking way. Yeah, that's what he sent them. They obviously didn't do that. I think they just, they've given up, but that is the Superstars of Wrestling issue. What about Legends of Wrestling? Do they own that? No, I don't, I think that's too broad for them to copyright. I don't know. Anyway. Finally, our main event. The heels come out first, Triple H and Undertaker. Then The Rock comes out to a huge pop, but then Austin, he's just going to take his time. And at first, they tease the idea that he's not going to show up, but he does show up. They just, it's just a brawling, brawl fest. So, uh, Thez Press punches from Austin. Undertaker gets hit with a rock bottom, though Triple H runs in, causing Austin to run in as well. Triple H gets stomped in the corner. Here comes the corporate ministry. No finish here. But here comes the Union, Shamrock, Test, and Big Show. And now it's an all-out melee. Undertaker stomping on Austin as Triple H goes over the barrier. Not sure if he's running or chasing Austin. Austin gets choke slammed. Vince, though, comes down. And Shane goes to hit him, but he gets knocked out. Vince tries to stop Undertaker with the chair. But, uh-oh. Undertaker doesn't like that one bit. And just destroys Vince with a chair shot to the head. I mean, when Undertaker gets hit with chair shots to the head, he gets his hands way up. Not Vince McMahon. He (laughs) fucking took that shit right to the head. Austin gets up, stuns the Undertaker. Shane comes in and beats up his dad and yells at this unconscious man. Austin then looms over him, flips off Shane, who tries to run, but he gets a stunner too. Now it's time... For Stone Cold Steve Austin's beer party, as this man cannot miss catching beer cans. This guy's got the greatest beer catching hands ever, and he and he pours beer on Vince too. So he keeps up the fact that he hates Vince. So there you go. What did you think of this debut episode of SmackDown? It was about? really good. It was really good. Uh, I liked it. It was a good show. It did a lot. Um, very entertaining and uh, turned into being something that was monumental for years to come still even now so as a one off it was very well done it was an episode of Raw they gave them an episode of Raw and if I was UPN I'd say yeah that was fine I mean everything about it it advanced storylines it was canon so it's not like Thunder, which was not canon really, it was just there. So, on that premise, yeah, that makes me think, okay, this is going somewhere. In, uh, in fact, the first SmackDown set didn't even have the fist, it was the oval. They used the ovals, I forgot about that. So, uh, but this was the raw set. 
very minimal effort went in to try to make this look different, but it was a pilot, so they didn't know if it was getting picked up. But I, I liked Cole and Cornette. I thought they did a really good job. I thought a really easy watch. Uh, very easy. The show flew by. The matches didn't matter, but no one cared because these characters and wrestling was so hot at the time. So, uh, on our rating scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, what do you give the original SmackDown? I'm gonna give it a Undertaker. Wow, I'm gonna give it a Gangrel. Oh, because it had room for improvement, but it was a. It, was, it looked cool. Was it shitty on the mic? <laughs> No, it wasn't shitty on the mic. <laughs> um, yeah, so don't let the brood speak. Don't, don't, yeah, don't. All right, Patrick, that was my pick for this week. Where will we be going next week? Well, this was the one-off, and so they fell in love with it four months into the future. This was April 29th, 1999. We're going four months into the future, August 26th, 1999, the very first premiere episode of the TV series Smackdown. So, Smackdown number two, but yet it's number one. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, the second first episode, yeah. The amazing. second first episode, yes. Alright, well, we'll see what happens there uh, in later on in the year of 1999. Four as, months into the future. Yeah, as the... Uh, the wrestling world's about to change, and it was changing back in 1999. But that'll do it for this week. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my clothesline's a clothesline. And bingo, bingo. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only 5 $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.